I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Travis, what's going on, brother? Um, things are happening. Things are happening. Uh, most importantly, we're here to talk about a topic today. We are. We are. As per usual. It's something about prestige classes and kits, but uh, I forgot about it and didn't write it down. So you're gonna have to come come back and talk to us about like what it actually is. What is it, Vince? Sure. What did I roll? I rolled. I rolled twenty six. That helps. You, you did roll a twenty six, as a matter of fact, and that is prestige classes, kits. And the third leg of characters. Yes. All right. That's exactly right. All right. So that those are words uh, those strung are together words. into sort of a sentence. So what do they mean? Sure. So I, I this is a very this this episode is going to be very D and D specific, okay? Uh, because this is a concept that is in my mind indelibly linked to D and D. Although I will openly say it doesn't have to be. There are other games that also plenty of other games that also utilize this concept. But it's easier if I frame this in the history of D&D, okay? Okay. All right, so let's, Travis, take a walk back, you and I, down memory lane. Here we go. Let's go back to when we first started playing D&D, and uh, so this would have been late first edition, early second edition. I I, I think you started just before me. You had some AD&D experience. I came in with the, the second edition player's handbook or whatever, and the kits that were there in second edition so these specifically showed up in things like uh there were many different versions of this uh of this type of concept uh i think of the original brown books and the various fighter kits that would have been in there Mm -hmm. uh the complete guide to fighters the complete guide to to thieves or rogues and elves and everything like that uh this also could have you we could also look at things like uh faiths and avatars uh that also had sort of versions of this right and clerics of of specialty specialty Yep, Priest, especially clerics. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This got trotted out uh, somewhat classically in, of course, specialist wizards. You could yes. also call it that sort of things. You're a necromancer or a transmuter or whatever. And uh, the idea that there is a third dimension to your character beyond the classic race and class. So D and D obviously established this sort of paradigm, which many games still utilize to this day. Of you have a race and you have a class. And then we introduced this third leg, which is amongst everybody who is that type of thing. So there's all the fighter, very broad concept, right? Mm-hmm. And kits gave you the idea to be a very specific kind of fighter, right? You were a folk hero or a gladiator or a pirate so, or, or whatever. So, so we have, have these have these three that you have who you are, okay, mm-hmm. what you do, what you can do, and then what you do do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Like those are that that's what the kid is, what you do do. That's a kit. What you do do. Yes. And <laughs> he that's uh, that that's the level of humor there. Uh and then obviously as we went forward in time into uh third edition Dungeons and Dragons, that's when we got the introduction of uh, prestige classes obviously, right? So these were slightly yeah. different because you generally had to be, you know, somewhat deeper in the game to uh, to get them, you know, you had to fill, fulfill certain requirements and be third level or fifth level or seventh level or whatever. And then you could go and you basically stopped leveling as a fighter completely. And instead you were this other thing. They that felt very different. Yeah, that was. But the core concept was still kind of there, right? Like yeah, sort of. It's just very it's very I don't know. 
See, okay, you, you look at for me, I look at kits and I look at the at, at prestige classes, and they feel so very different to me. And like, w one feels good for one reason, one feels good for another reason, and both don't feel good all around sometimes. So I don't know. Okay. Like, so so like let's kits, unpack kits, that right? Yeah. So uh, the kits were basically you had your you had you got your race, you got your class, you got your, your stats, you got you got your character built up. You can now pick a kit. So you pick a kit, and you get a couple of things. All right, you get a couple, like of, a couple of a couple of a couple of benefits that um, are related to what the kit is, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and you also get some kind of tie to the world around you within that kit, right? You get you're yes. you're like you're a part of a type of people that that train a certain thing over in this place over here, right? Like you're you're with that. You have a tie to the world. That's just like a it's a hook, right? It's something something you can grab onto. Yep. Um, and you just get it. And maybe you also have a, a downside or something. So some of them sure. don't have a lot of downsides or anything, but some of them do. So you also have something to balance that out, especially you know if if that kit has something that's too powerful, right? You know, normally, um, so you would balance that out with some kind of negative. Or or if there's something story related, which which would be negative about it, that's also another thing. And th it just was right. Like and then you're just you're good to go. Yep. Prestige classes, totally different subject. Like you have to. Begin life your 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 character's life with with like this road this this roadmap okay, and it's like I have to take these levels in this class I got to take these levels in this other class I got to make sure I got these skills ready to go, and I have to make sure that I go talk to the the, the king in the city of whatever right yeah. I have to fulfill all this crap yeah so I, and if I deviate from that even if the story tells me I should deviate from that I, I sh I'm not gonna do it because I need to get to my prestige class yep right yeah like that's my experience with prestige classes that's why i feel it's so different like a like a, a kit informed my role playing um but didn't control my role playing whereas a prestige class did both like it controlled both yeah so i think no i, I don't think you're wrong to put your your finger on a delta here but let me see if i can let me see if i can bridge this gap a little bit okay because what i'll say is if you take the mechanics completely out of it and we're only looking at it from sort of a 40,000 foot view of the narrative arc, right? Yeah. You might not see a great amount yeah. of difference, right? The gladiator, the, the, the fighter with the gladiator kit would act and fight and be very gladiator ish. Mm -hmm. Right. But the, uh, the fighter in third edition who, qualified up into the gladiator prestige class that's still a very fightery thing and they still feel like they're doing fightery things right but the difference you're putting your finger on there i think is relevant in that mechanically the prestige class was so much heavier right. and represented this like you had to shape your narrative to the mechanics in a way you never did with kits. Right. Just right? let's just let's just say I want to I like I want to use the ability of that gladiator guy to like whirlwind attack or whatever, right? Sure. And but but the only way I can get that is by following that path. So I I, I can now no no longer make any choices for my character that sure. deviate from that. Now because, because mechanically it makes the most sense to get that whirlwind thing. Of course. Now at the same time, let me let me say this on the flip side though. The challenge with a kit was that, yes, you got into it and it didn't make as many decisions, but it also didn't ever really grow or advance, right? right? 
it was what it was. You were, it almost was more, uh, it had almost more of a background feeling. Now, it's not to say it, it was just background, right? Because <clears throat> it certainly They are very fall. different. You're right. But whereas with the prestige class, you did feel as though you were living that thing, mm-hmm. right? Because it would continue. Well, mechanically to, speaking. Mechanically speaking. You were speaking, living that yes. thing because. And the role playing doesn't always dictate that you get there to live that thing. So, a hundred percent, yes, I agree. I'm speaking I, I, more mechanical. Look, I'm just saying, in in general, I don't think it was like in my games, mm-hmm. it was ever played the way that kits were played. All right, sure. People who played kits, it, it, it colored their characters in interesting ways. People who played prestige classes, it had no effect on their characters, and they only went into it for mechanical benefit or mechanics that fit the character that they wanted to play, whether or not the actual prestige class fit the character they want to play. Uh, I don't disagree with you, okay? <laughs> much much like the way feats colored characters, right? Sure, sure, like feats, absolutely. Feats were also another problem with that system. So let's talk about now the current incarnation of this third leg. Right. Okay? In 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. So in the current incarnation, I actually think it is the best of both worlds. They They have nailed it, as with most things in the current edition. So here's how it works now. The way it works now is it pulled on the classic threads of what kits were and the concept of sort of apprenticeship and the concept of uh, being new versus sort of achieving the actual levels of the thing, like actually becoming the thing. So let me see if I can let me see if I can break this out for you what I mean. Do it. Let's hear it. So the way it works now is at first level, you're a fighter and your initial third leg you choose is a background. Yep. Okay. You have a background and the background might be folk hero or gladiator or whatever. Right. And it informs exactly what it informs. It gives you a couple minor bennies like skills or maybe speak another language or maybe start with a little extra money, something like that. Right. Minor stuff. It feels very kit like. Yeah. Yes. And, and that shapes you for like the first couple levels. And by the way, when I say you're a fighter who happens to have this background, backgrounds and classes are completely divorced. Any class can be any background, okay? Yep. So you can be a street urchin, wizard, slash rogue, or a rogue, or a fighter, or whatever. Anybody can be a street urchin, right? Certainly or anybody... an improvement from kits, yeah. Right. And then at some level in your class, in the first three levels, every class it's the first three levels, so for cleric, it's level one. For fighters, it's level three. And it kind of represents like how deep into the thing do you go naturally before you would make this decision because you're no longer just a generic version of yourself mm-hmm. and you've made a bigger choice about the kind of career you're going to follow, right? And that's when you end up picking your, your let's call it subclass or specialty or whatever, okay? Very organically speaking. Correct. So the easy way here is the wizard. Like if we just take the wizard as an example, right? So I could be a street urchin wizard, and that informs a lot about who I am. And, and a level one wizard, you're just a level one wizard. You haven't made a decision yet about anything greater, right? Yeah. At level two, you choose a specialty. You choose the type of wizard you are, right? So transmuter, evoker, war mage, Whatever, there's tons of different types of specialty wizards, okay? Some related to the schools of magic, some not. And what happens there is then that shapes later natural evolutions 
in your wizard class. So at like two, six, 10 and 14, let's say, okay, as a wizard, you're going to get some extra advancement as a wizard related to that thing. To your thing, yeah. So if you're a necromancer at level two, you make, you know, maybe you uh, you do some better damage with necrotic damage. And at level six, you make better undead when you resurrect, when you, when you raise dead, and you get the idea, right? Yeah, it's good. And so it helps tailor it. So now the two concepts are kind of split apart into me what feels like how they naturally sh- your past, that is to say, like what you were before you were here. And your future, your evolution that's informing you as you continue to develop in the thing. And it very much fits the what you do do, right? That, 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 that what you did earlier, what you talked about earlier, right? Uh, because you have the shaping of who you were, who you are because of your background and what you came from. But then you also have the shaping that's done as you continue to live out, right? And if you're like, so just as a, as an interesting example here from a very new book that was published, uh, the, the critical role people public, like the, they published a book for their world. And in there, there's a fighter specialty called like the echo Knight, where you can make illusory doubles of yourself that go and fight with you. Whoa, that is a very crazy fighter, right? Like that is a very different fighter than like the traditional sort of champion or something like that, where you're just like. You know, you're you're just like a good fighter. You're just very good with a weapon. That's the kind of the equivalent of the old very just yeah. weapon master, if you remember that. It certainly that. colors the character. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that feels very organic because you have these. Also, it's just interesting how they structured the experience chart, by the way. Not that I tend to heed the experience chart very much, but the experience chart is very different now and how it's structured. Like first to second level your games instead of experience. You just have like a level fairy that shows up and ding. Uh, basically uh not not literally but almost like when people complete natural story arcs i then they level up you know Uh, we'll talk about that another time leveling in games we should write that down sure we haven't talked about it already i think we already talked about it but anyways um i'll look and see uh but at any rate the way it's structured actually in the experience chart they're trying to be directive so here's what i mean the getting to level two is like almost no experience Getting to level three requires almost no experience, right? It's very small experience amounts. Getting to level four is a big jump. Okay. Okay. And then and then that jump remains consecutive throughout the rest of the game. So what they're what they're saying is like level one through three is your is a special time as a character, right? Learn. Yeah. Where you're learning, you're apprenticed, you're you're not fully formed yet as an adventurer. No, that's like, great, yeah. The difference between you and a mercenary guard of a caravan is not that big, right? Like you and that person who might be just either some generic stats or might actually be a first level fighter is pretty much the same thing. Both of you are are still, you know, you're out in the world, you're doing some basic stuff. And then as you level and now you're really into your class and you're really actually becoming the full-fledged version of that thing suddenly it's a it's a different sort of advancement right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so even though i don't use the experience chart i actually really value the way they structure that because i think it's instructive mechanics right instructive advancement it's it's very yes. good yeah yeah so I, to me i think the, the these things are so important i've come to value them in mm-hmm. all the editions well don't, don't, don't get me wrong here i, I might have complained a little bit there about prestige classes but i love them right Sure. Like, I, I and I and I even and I even loved those editions that I was 
complaining about. Like, I love 3rd Edition and 3.5. I love that stuff. Sure. And here's the thing. I think all of your complaints were 100% valid, mm-hmm. right? A thing like, can be not perfect and still be fun, though, right? You know. So. Yeah, exactly. Perfection is the enemy of the good, right? I, I, yeah. I love Rips, but that is not a good game. So. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not a perfect game, yes. Right. Uh, uh, I'm, cur- I'm curious. Do you think that prestige classes and kits, that kind of... Um, that kind of uh, bolt, bolted on mechanic is something that should be used in more role playing games. I think that if you, if like, you, do you think if Rifts had a bunch of like bolt ons like that, would that be better? Like, would Rifts be a better game for it? It's interesting because you they look, have races and classes, right? So they do, yeah, very much so. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's interesting because you, th- th- I think there's a design philosophy there that's that's somewhat different mm-hmm. because I. I would argue they do, but they implemented it in a different way. Oh. Okay. All right. Let me let me trot out an argument for you here, Trav. You ready? Let's hear it. I might I might not argue about it though. I might just agree. That's fine. <laughs> how how does the Rifts book structure the classes in the actual core book? Do you I remember? Structure. I don't recall, honestly. Sorry. Men at arms, adventurers. So Psychics, by archetype, right? Yeah. Magic users. Okay. Yep. That's their actual equivalent. So, right, right, right. That's the class. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I follow you. So you're saying the kit is the kit or the prestige class is the character. It's like the yeah, yeah. It's the, the OCC, class. right? Yep. Yep. The OCC is actually the prestige class because any minor deviation, they'll spin off a new version of it, right? They'll just make a brand new OCC. Because they'll have like the shifter the and coal, the, 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 then you have yeah you have the wilderness scout and the coalition ranger, right? <laughs> Same character, different book. Yes, yes, exactly. Any slight variation, they'll just trot out a new OCC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. I follow that. So you're saying they implemented kits really well? Yeah, they actually tricked you into having the, the third game. leg. Yeah, yeah. I because like because the class like is an invisible choice mm-hmm. in riffs, right? You are choosing to be a fighter uh, you're a striker or a controller yeah 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 Yeah, exactly they just hid that choice from you that's pretty cool yeah yeah yeah. all right all right so So, there you go so what about what about like like let's say Shadowrun? yeah i don't know i think it i think it's an interesting area to explore here's what i think okay i think i think yes you could do this with any game just about sure because what I love as a GM is giving out interesting benefits to characters sure. um, to, to make them feel like they're more a part of a part of the game in the world. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that you can just throw at characters when they least expect it even, you know, sure. you can just be like, oh, well, you look, dude, you've been training with these knights for like, what, what is it? Six, seven game sessions now, like after the adventure, you'd come home and train with the knights. You're a knight now, dude. They're going to bring you into the fold and you're going to get a little Benny for that or whatever. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can just throw kits at people and My- just give it to them. Yeah, sure, sure, 100%. You could have multiple of these things. I think that the answer is how heavy that mechanic should be. So we talked about, like, the weight of the mechanics, right? Like, mm-hmm. prestige classes were super mechanically well, when I, when, See, when I, say, when I say something like that, though, I mean very minimal, right? I'm yeah, not yeah. talking about a huge benefit. I'm, thinking, I'm, talk, I'm just talking about something little that makes you feel a little special, you know? Makes mm-hmm. you feel a little, little, little tingle, and, and, but then you're not, you're not unbalanced with the rest of the party because of it, right? Yes. Well, you that's can cast light once per day now. You know what I mean? Like, sure, that's sure. the kind of thing. Sure. And that's exactly what I was going to drill in on. 
prestige classes, as we talked about, were super mechanically heavy, right? Both yeah. in their requirements and what they gave you as benefit. They were like crazy mechanically heavy. Kits were very mechanically light in that they asked very little of you other than be a class, right? <laughs> and uh, and sometimes a race. And Although I admit, I, I admit, as w w even with prestige classes, I tried out a similar, like I did similar things. I once once I had been in into my campaigns for a long period of time, and someone had been a part of something interesting and special, like a special organization or whatever, I would create a special prestige class for them at that point and say, look, if you want to stop going down. This other route you were gonna you were gonna be you were gonna be a eldritch eldritch fighter or whatever you know like a fighter mage. Here's yeah. another option if you want to be a part of this organization. I wrote this for you, right? Yeah, sure. Like I used to do that too. So I'm just saying, even if it's deeply mechanic mechanically ingrained, you can still work with that. You can. What I would say is how important it is to a game system is how mechanically heavy is your quote-unquote class concept mm, yeah, yeah okay Go ahead, when, yeah. what i mean by that is if the class concept is actually super lightweight and fluid like imagine you could jump between them fairly regularly or mm. imagine that it doesn't actually give you much like what actually is giving you most of your abilities or direction or definition in the world whatever we mean by that right is some combination of like your race and the skills that you have right mm. imagine that skills are like super heavy OK, then maybe it's not as relevant because if you if class was super minor and skills were super heavy and there was lots of skills and they did lots of things and they were the main way you actually interacted with the world. Yes. Well, then variance would naturally occur. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't you can sort of because of that very wide basis out there you didn't really need to create the extra differentiation or definition. PCs will be able to do it on their own, right? They're sort of empowered to do so. In in my argument with Rifts, where effectively there's four classes, or D&D, uh, &D where there's like, what, 10, 11, 12, depending on whatever time period you're talking about, right? Uh, and, and, and by the way, they don't add more very commonly. Like in the entire six-year run now, or whatever it is, of D&D 5th edition, they have added a sum total of one class. Mm-hmm. Right. And but they've added subclasses galore. Th those get pff, those get just shotgunned out. Right. Because, yeah, it's fun to be a different type of fighter, you know, or a different type of wizard. Uh, but they still have the but that's still much more mechanically lightweight. Right. But it can be. And it's interesting because it's mechanically lightweight, but narratively Important. heavy. And I think that's the relevant factor, right? So, yeah, prestige classes and kits, man. What uh, did we undesign it? I don't even know. I think it's undesigned. I think they are highly valuable. And I think that the, the critical take home message is that understanding, especially in a game that uses the sort of race class structure, but having that third leg to a character in any kind of game of I, the way you defined it right out of the gate, I think was right. What you do do like joking aside. <laughs> Yes, it's hard not to laugh. But joking aside, I think that's a super relevant point, right? Mm -hmm. Because it that level of definition is often critical to informing and shaping, but not deciding the narrative, the story, the arc mm -hmm. of your character. I agree. So totally undesigned, my friend. Let's get out. All right, undesigned. 
Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, as always, if you've got suggestions or questions or comments, uh, there's an email address down below. Go hit that up. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. Five stars is much appreciated. Share this out with folks uh, who might be looking for some additional material to listen to. That is greatly appreciated. But as always, we thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.